Welcome back, Ray. An interesting 48 hours, 72 hours, perhaps, in uh, you... Hurricanes hockey. How are you feeling? Because it's, uh, you know, like you could feel up, you could feel down, you could feel just kind of in the middle. Uh, we've kind of been through the ringer on this one. Very, very strange. Um, you know, last broadcast, we had a chance to talk about, you know, the importance of winning the games in hand that you have, especially against the teams that are ahead of you in the standings. And so that brought the Rangers game into focus. Kane's taking on the Rangers Friday night, uh, tough contest, you know, a strong club, two points ahead of us with four, but we've got four games in hand. So let's get that victory and move on. Right. And that's nice. exactly what they did. Five to one, they were in the lead and uh, played, a, played a great game to charge out to that lead. Third period, Rangers came back, and they weren't going away. You and I and pretty much every fan in the league knows that uh, Rangers aren't keen to fold, and they've got a lot of firepower on their squad. They can put the puck in the net, no questions. And uh, they gave up two goals in the third, making it 5-3, closer game. And then Rod, being the great coach that he is, wisely takes the timeout that he needed to kind of uh, prevent the momentum and generate a little momentum for his own guys. And, you know, about two minutes after the timeout, the Hurricanes started having the balance of the play again. And that's what you need, that hard reset to, you know, get things going, derail your opponent if you can. And Anderson made some great saves. The boys came up big and we got a, we got a big win, a big win that put us on top of the Met. And then, for a day. <laughs> for a day, yeah. Because then we come into a game uh, against the Devils. Now, uh you and I have said, and, and I'm one of the staunch supporters of, win all of the games that you know you can win. If you are the better team on paper, those are games that you just cannot let get away. And so the Devils game was one that I expected a victory out of. I wanted a win. And we are in a situation where Rod Brindamore has a very unique situation where we're looking at goaltending issues and we've got a young young man LaFontaine who is needs an assessment needs a better assessment than what he had when he uh filled in in the six nothing route loss to Columbus Jackets he needed to have a real assessment and so he gets the start against the Devils what you might say is a safe opportunity right safe for the you know the young man to get in there get between the pipes and get a taste of nhl hockey and you know what the devils can bring it they got some solid players as well the problem with this one is that lafontaine was there to start the canes were there for the first five minutes to get out that two nothing lead and then they just evaporated in front of him. And that's this, that was really the struggle in all of this. So if you want to try to make an assessment of LaFontaine, it's hard to do when the team that plays in front of you is not 
the Carolina Hurricanes that we're used. And of the seven goals that he allowed in the 7-4 loss, five were right in the prime scoring places. There were deflections. There were just grade A opportunities that defense doesn't allow. You keep your shots to the outside, right? But these were all grade A opportunities. And you can't, you can't have a defense like that. So I think it's really tough to make an assessment on LaFontaine on this one. It really is. A hundred percent. So I agree with you fully. It's a, a lot of people on social media <clears throat> very worried. You know, why isn't Ronta in that? And Ronta's, he's back from injury, but I don't know that he's a hundred percent. I mean, I haven't seen that. I mean, you can be back and not be ready to go you know what exactly. i mean exactly yeah that being said i think there's two you know i two things that i put out there earlier today one is lafontaine left his golden gophers mid-season very unusual move yeah i feel like rod kind of you know might have been like a hey we're going to give this kid a chance to play he's going to get an nhl game because there's no guarantee that he's going to go to the hl that he's coming back and that's exactly. not that's not a meant to be um anything about LaFontaine, that's just a reality of, of the way that hockey works, right? There, yes. there are no guarantees. This might be the only game he ever plays. He might be back in a season or two and be the starting goalie for the Canes. Could go either way. Who's to say? Exactly. And last night was not a judge of that. No. There are no throwaway games in the NHL. Every point is special. But last night's game was as close to a throwaway as close to a, it's fine to lose this one as you're going to find, right? Yeah. You get the two points against the Metro, you know, d- division opponent, you know, the, one of the only teams who's right there with you in the Metro. You get both points out of that one. That's a mm-hmm. big deal. RDU closes down because a plane slid off the runway. Oh. So you don't get your flight into New Jersey until the morning of the game. So that throws your schedule off, right? These yeah. guys are kind of victims of, of being creatures of habit, as creatures many of us of are. Habit. Perfect. So, so then you get into the game, and the Devils aren't the worst team in the Metro, but they're not great, right? No. Goaltending um, is not something that, you know, I, I, I didn't look at the sheet and go, um, yeah, Gillis, it, it, you know, is he going to be an all-star? No, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at that going, okay, this is a guy we can't put pucks past. I think we can put pucks in the net, which they did. Yeah, they did. So why not give the kid a try? Let, let him get a taste. Let Rod say, okay, what do, what do we have to work with, right? So as I think the Ranger game, in, you know, two for two on the, on, the, uh, on the power play. Yes. That was huge. They got out hit quite a bit. They won face-offs. I mean, scoring was, was beautiful, right? It's all over. It's Trocek, Jarvis, Fast, Ajo, Niederreiter, and then D'Angelo. Yeah. And then going into last night, of course, we started out great. Like, Sveshnikov just, oh, that was a beauty of a goal. It was. <laughs> it was. You know, Most of his are beauties, aren't they? they, like, they, let's, they just, yeah. let's just say. That they, he tends to, yeah, it, it's, it's a beauty or, or it hits like a pipe and it's not a goal at all, right? Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot in between with him. It's, uh, you know, Cole makes it 2 nothing, and then New Jersey comes back and then, you know, uh, Levo gets his goal, then uh, Michael McLeod for New Jersey, Johnson, and then it it's kind of falls off the rails. To back up half a step, LaFontaine was responsible for, in my opinion, at most three of those goals, maybe four. 
Yeah. The defense gave up, like you said, those prime shooting areas. That's was... that's a defensive lapse. That's LaFontaine is not at a level. Maybe Freddie Anderson stopped some of those shots because that guy's a proven NHL goalie. If you watch, especially the first, I think it was the first New Jersey goal, might have been the second. They 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 got that goal based upon sustained offensive zone pressure. Yeah. And you could see when the puck, especially when it was going behind the net, LaFontaine looked a little slow. In he looked like a college it. keeper in a pro game, right? The yeah. pace of the game, he was, he was, I think, struggling to keep up with the pace of play. So when they had sustained pressure, he's half a step behind and, and, that, and just can't recover. And that's an age thing. He's a kid. Yeah, that half a step is so important. You look in all, in all athletes, all athletes, they describe when they are at the best, when they are the, at their best, everything slows down. Everything slows down. They can assess and, and figure out what, the, what they need to do, where they need to be. Everything is just slows down. And there were times where you could see it was just it, the game might have been a little bit quicker than what he was expecting. And certainly when the D hangs them out to dry like they did. And Brady Shea said as much after the game. We kind of hung them out to dry there a couple of times. Coach Brindamore himself pointed out there was maybe two guys on the team that played a good game, not 20. And that's what he expects. He expects 20 people to show up and do their job right and and that's just not i mean you can't hang it on them it's a tough lesson to learn goaltending in the nhl has to be one of the most difficult and lonely uh positions in sport and i say lonely because of some of the comments that you see after the fact in this one where people come down on him and say, you know, LaFontaine stinks and blah, blah, blah. Like some of the comments have been just straight up. Saw. Uh, I, I hope we never see this guy again. Yeah. And I, wanted, I didn't respond because I, I wanted to say he's a 24 year old kid. And, yeah. and as somebody approaching 50, I can call a 24 year old kid. Yeah. No question. Goalies. We know goalies take longer to develop in general. And for most goalies, you're not sure if you, have a hit until it happens, right? Yep. And and even looking back to the to the other game that LaFontaine was in, he gave up two goals on three shots. And I had somebody kind of throw that at me, like, oh, he gave up two goals on three shots. Yeah, they were like, breakaways. But they were two breakaways. Like, but yeah, like half the goalies in the league will give up two goals on three shots if two of them are breakaways. Like, yeah, exactly. What, what, what is your point exactly? Like, that's not, yeah. that's not an accurate. Like, did you watch the game? It's, um, it's, it, you need to be fair. Certainly, you know, when you're looking at assessing a goaltender, you don't assess them on one game or one in a, in a third games, right? You get, uh, you get them, you know, three, four, five, six games or whatever to actually see what they're worth. And certainly you have to look at the team around them and how they played as well. If the Hurricanes play the way they normally do and he allows seven, then you got something to talk about. But look at that D. Yeah, even look that one where they me. gave up the goals. Honestly, it's I'm sorry. This this was not this is not a game to assess the young man on. And yep. you know. And this is not even a stinker like the Columbus game. 
No, because I, I think the, the the Canes tried and and just didn't it just didn't go against Columbus. And yeah. I honestly feel like the Canes came into this game and Rod is like, "Look, we're going to put the kid in net. Let's try and get a win, but you know, don't get injured and." You know, if, yeah. if, they, if they get two points of us, we still have four games in hand. Still. And we're only two points behind the Rangers. It would be great to win a president's trophy. You know, that's, th- that's fantastic. It's not necessary. If we go in as the number one seed in the, in the Metro, great. That's, that's all I really yeah. want. I, I want that and no injuries. That's what I want. You know? Exactly. And that, and again, why Ranta probably wasn't in net and so forth. You want to ease him back into into play and so forth especially when we're dealing with injuries and let's face it look around the league when teams have goaltenders with either injury problems or uh covid issues or whatever and you're scrambling to put goaltenders in net things can go off the rails fast yes edmonton oilers i'm talking about you who got a win last night Stop the seven-game skitter, yeah. Yeah, and 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 Koskinen with uh, pl- played fantastic. By the way, made some humongous saves in the third period that he had no business making. But you could feel in the arena watching the game. Just to go off, just to go off topic, just for a second, you could <laughs> feel where every save that he made, almost a sigh of relief from the crowd every every time. There's a guy that's had it had that's had it rough you know what i mean like yes he's right. allowed some stinkers but you know he hadn't been getting a lot of bit of help so let's let's set uh lafontaine to the side he gave he gave what he could he got a taste of nhl hockey it is fast it is quick he'll get his feet under him and we'll learn more about him as we go but that's just one game in 82 and we got to move on, moving yeah. on to the next game. And, exactly. And, and that's, you know, again, this, this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the, in the last podcast, where you just turn the page. You remember what happened, but you turn the page and move on. And this is, and, and so we're going to be moving on and Kings. So no, yeah, needs I'm not to, worried about it. Let's not panic. And, and speak just because you brought up Ronta again. Um, Bear has been a healthy scratch. I'm I'm not that. sure Bear's 100%. Rod has set out there kind of publicly that when they're winning, he doesn't like to change things up. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you, Smith has gone from being somebody who I wanted behind Chatfield at a minimum to he's actually had a couple of really good games here in a row. So he's he's certainly filled in. Um, I I kind of hope we see Bear back in the next game. Um, I think he gives us another dimension. Yep. You know, another option out there uh, on the power play for one. And then defensively, you know, I, I think he's been overall pretty solid in his own net. So he's been, net. he's, he's been solid and he pinches appropriately offensively. Like there's always, there's two or three times again, a, a game where he pinches and creates a really good opportunity for offense and so forth so i'd like to see that back in i have been looking for him it was noticeable that he wasn't in the lineup but you're right when you have something you know don't if it's not broke don't fix it that was kind of the, the situation and so forth so um 
hopefully we'll see him back in the lineup and and uh again it's going to be a mix and match really everything about the regular season as far as coaching goes and stuff like that you tinker with the lineup to see and get as much experience as to what goes where and in what situation you know you need to know all of that and get ready for the playoffs when it really matters you know so that's that's where we'll leave that one i think i think so we're gonna cut we're gonna have kind of a shorter broadcast than usual today a shorter podcast um Ray here has is, is, had a couple medical things going on. He's recovering. I got a million things to do. But we did want to introduce a new short segment called the two-minute minor. Alrighty. So, so here's my thought, Ray. You've been watching hockey since before I have. Forever. And I've been watching hockey a very long time. And one of the things that I see people do is they clearly understand the game, but they may not know terminology, right? They, they may not mm-hmm. be able to tell you the difference between uh, an overload power play versus umbrella but they yeah. still understand the, you know what the power play is trying to do what it's trying to accomplish so the idea i had was maybe every week or every other week we'll do a two-minute minor and try to explain some facet of hockey that might initially sound complicated or that a lot of people don't use or understand and we'll try and simplify it make it easy so that you know if it's something that if people then want to use it great if they just go oh well, well now i understand what that is and when People talk about it. I get kind of what they're talking about. And the one I wanted to start with is uh, Corsi. You picked a so, great one. You picked a great one because you and I both uh, have said uh, there, there's never a, an opportunity where you can't learn something about the game. No matter how much experience you have, you can always be learning, always be growing and all. And, and for me, like you said, oodles of years following the game and loving it and all the rest of it. Of course, I don't really have a grasp on. So it's an opportunity for me to learn right now. This is great. It's this beautiful. Is what we want. Yeah, opportunity to learn. So let's let's have at her. Okay, I'm I'm starting the clock. So Corsi is an advanced a- analytic, right? It's it's numbers crunching, and a lot of people use it to figure out who's either playing well or what teams are playing well, because it it and it sounds complicated when somebody says Corsi and they start talking about percentages. You're going whoa. whoa. Corsi is super easy for most folks, Ray. Corsi is the sum of all shots taken, okay? okay? Shots on goal, missed shots, blocked shots. If you take a shot, it goes into Corsi. Okay. And the idea is that a higher percentage number means you're in the offensive zone more, right? right. You're probably getting better looks than a lower percentage. I mean, that, okay. that's kind of the, 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 really, the really heart of the matter. Um, and this is all at even strength, right? So if you look at a, sh- a shot attempt differential, which is what Corsi is, you know, if if, if your Corsi is 70%, it mm-hmm. means that you are spending more or less like 70% of your time getting shots out there onto the opponent's net, which means they cannot be shooting on yours. Right. right. So Corsi is just a measure of all the shots taken. Okay. Right. Versus your opponent's. So we're just looking at kind of a raw numbers game. That's all we're really talking about here. This is oversimplified maybe a little bit, but like I said, this is meant to be two minutes to just give you a, a basic understanding. In pairing with Corsi, there's something called a Fenwick. It's not used as much. It's the same okay. thing, but it doesn't include blocked shots. The idea being that a shot that is not blocked, even if it misses, is better than a blocked shot. Right. 
So Corsi is just, you're just looking at all the shots taken, blocked misses and strengths at even strength. Right. Fenwick is, you, you drop out block shots and you go with misses and goals. And that serves wow. two minutes. See there, and there it is. Now, uh, one thing I've got to be honest with you, math was never my strong suit. And sometimes when you, uh, people, people talk about whether you judge the game with your eyes or you judge the game in, in the math and the analytics, there's a lot of people that they go into two camps. Mm-hmm. More, infor- more information is better. You know what I mean? So even though you don't always understand the analytics or the value of it and so forth, it's information that you can take in and process and decide how to make your team better, stronger. And so again, offensive opportunities. I mean, if, yeah, if you're spending 70% of the game in the offensive zone, generating opportunities, you have better chances for scoring. It's good news all around. And Hey, it, Keeps the heat off of uh, Mr. Anderson and and Ranta and LaFontaine. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean that's what we want, I, right? The reason I like analytics, the reason I started with Corsi was, like I said, that that's in kind of an a little bit oversimplified version, but that's at its core. You're just looking at shots, regardless of where they're going. You're just yeah. looking at shots versus the other team. And what I like about it is, um, I think baseball has become too analytical. Yeah, right. They're they're it's by the numbers, mm-hmm. but I think in hockey. I think most of us still look at a player, look at a game, and, and use the old eye test, right? Yeah. They played well, they didn't play well. I, I don't need to give you stats to look at the game last night and say they played poorly. Yeah. But especially if you're making an argument or if, if you're trying to make comparisons between players, I think analytics is, is, is the way that we can talk to each other with references, right? Yeah. It, it gives us a common ground. If I can say this player is playing great. Mm-hmm. And the eye test, I know I'm right, but it's nice to be able to give an analytical point that says not uh, part of the reason I know I'm right is because I can look at his goals, uh, you know, above expected. I can look at his cores. I can look at his face off percentages one. I can look at these things and give you numerics. And so uh, Jordan Stahl might be a good example. I still see people beat the dead horse about Stahl not storing a goal. Uh, a, I'm not worried. We have a plus 45 goal differential. Yeah. If Stahl doesn't score against the playoffs, I'm okay with that if we're winning games and we yeah. are. But you can look at him, you can click through his stats and go, okay, well, he's still winning face off. He's still just an absolute beast on the penalty kill. And that's where analytics can tell you two people's eye test on somebody like Stahl might be different because they're looking at different things. Yeah. But you can look at the analytics and say, well, what I care about is penalty kills, face offs, you know, even strength play. How is he defensively? That's all I care about. That's what I am looking at. That is my eye test versus somebody else who says he's playing terrible. And they go, well, I'm looking at that. But I also think, you know, a third line center should be able to put in X many goals a year. And at least right. that we may not agree, but I think analytics in that, uh, in that example helps give us a f- framework for why do we disagree? Why do we say, see the game differently? Yeah. And, there's, and here's the thing. There's no emotion in analytics. When you're looking at your eye test, right, you've got emotion tied to the player and stuff. You can look oh, at sure. it and say, and say, ah, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I love Svetch and stuff and, and he's, he's great, but sometimes, you know, and you, you can, you, uh, when there's mistakes made on the ice, you're more willing to gloss it over 
if you like the guy or whatever, you, you know, 90% of the time he's like, I mean, he just, there's emotion tied to it. There's fandom tied to it and you can see it and, and whatever the analytics, the numbers are there. There's no emotion. There's no, whatever it's straight facts. It's straight facts. Yep, And, and, I, and I like that. Just not all the way. Like I said, don't yeah, become yeah, baseball yeah. where the, the numbers said this guy's, you know, at 80 pitches, you got to pull this guy if the guy's throwing a no-hitter, right? If he's throwing his oh, shot, you leave him in. Blake Conversely, <laughs> you know, uh, and we've seen that affect baseball. We've seen baseball teams lose World Series on that exact issue, Blake, right? Blake Snell, <laughs> that poor guy never going to pitch for, for the Rays again because of what happened to him. On fire, just untouchable, and, and not his because fault. not his fault. Unbelievable! It was unbelievable. So we don't want that sort of thing. You, you know, you want. But you're, be but you're to right. The the analytics give you a, a grounding for this is factual. This is without context, mm-hmm. and that's where the eye test gives you the context that you need. But this is not. I love Andrei Svechnikov. He's playing great. This is Andrei Svechnikov is playing great because he has. This. 14 goals and 20 assists. Now he's a plus 12. He's, you know, throwing the body around like I. Oh, uh, side note uh, Andrei Sveshnikov is now the Russian bull, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, look I don't at remember. That. I don't remember the movie, but there's, I think it was a movie. And then he goes, Oh, it's, it's strong like bull in the <laughs> Russian accent. I'm like, watching him lay out hits in both the Rangers and Devils games, I'm like, that's what that, he is a bull in a china shop, just bailing yes. through people. And he, he might get. Like he's going to probably get bigger and stronger. Uh, well, he's still young, uh, which is just my. He's a baby. Floor. He's younger than yeah, Lafontaine. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. And so so look. Yeah. I mean, there there it is. The analytics, nice additional information to uh, help back up the way you feel about your team and just provide you the information that you need when you're making decisions. Certainly Rod looks at the numbers as well, but he's also using his eyes and he's got the experience as well. Uh, Speaking of experiences, some unfortunate experiences. And when I say unfortunate, I say downright terrible. Uh, Yeah, putting it mildly. Friggin' friggin' awful uh, things that um, I, you know, oddly enough, Hurricane fans have uh, direct experience of this type of uh, incident happening to one of their own, something that I've never forgiven and will never forgive. And one of the reasons you hate those who shall not be named. Those who shall not be named. Uh, we're dealing with racism in hockey, and a couple more incidents popped up this week. And uh, I know this is a little off board for, for the Hurricanes, so to speak, but so important for us to uh, address and speak out against. And again, we do have that tie. Again, bananas thrown at Kevin Weeks in Montreal. No, not every Hab fan is racist, but these types of things cannot be accepted and racism incidents in hockey now uh it's kind of it's happening on the ice between players twice in a week and twice and twice in a week and and the chirping like chirping is something in hockey that has always been always will be right part of the game 
and and usually not personal usually not personal they're just trying to get under your skin that's what that's what they're trying to do if you're thinking about them you're not thinking about you know getting the puck exited out of the out of your end properly you know you're too busy focused on trying to beat the crap out of the guy that just chirped you but this is when it stems into racism that's not chirping anymore it's just straight racism yeah and it's terrible and it's terrible and it's got to stop and the incidents, I, I mean, uh, it was funny before the broadcast, you said, Hey, did you hear about this? So I'm like, no, tell me about it. So like the, the one that happened, we we're recording on Sunday. So what happened last night here in, in the ECHL, is that correct? ECHL. ECHL? Yep. Uh, so earlier in the week, um, Boca and mama who plays in the AHL yeah. um, was a victim. The person who did it, I'm gonna have to pull his name up. I already, I, 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 you know, I, I cared about the the yeah, player who's the who's the brunt the of it, victim, you know, not the victim, the, the yeah, you know, Propic, I think yeah. is his name, and and he gets suspended for thirty days, and personally, not enough. Thirty days, you 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 make a, I mean, it's racism on the ice during the game, yeah, right? and with it, the, with the Sharks, you know, minor league affiliate. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to give you 30 games. Okay, well, that's like half a season. That's not really a punishment. And then... Yeah, and did they did they also not... I mean, I, if I recall correctly, they. I mean, it's 30 games and he's got to go through the the training and the, and the aspects of, you know, learning why what you did right. was wrong and all the rest of it. Um, it's sad that it really needs to come to that, that you have to teach someone that this is not. Acceptable. Well, not only that, but, like, but how many people who have hold those beliefs are going through that training and are going to get anything are going to actually it? take it in or believe it. Like they're just, you know, yeah, you're right. So, you're right. so, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought he should have been, you know, suspended indefinitely. I thought, thought he should have been dropped from the team immediately. And then yesterday, PK Subban, you love him or hate him. I think he's a fun guy to watch at all-star games and things. Like, he chirps. He seems super friendly and all. I don't like the way he slew-foots people. His younger brother plays in the ECHL yeah, and was the victim of an on-ice incident last night. Unbelievable. And it's bad enough the incidents happen, Ray. What really, just really burns me up is, in reference to the Subban incident, People were tweeting about, oh, well, like some of those players, some of his teammates left the bench to defend him. Those are game misconducts. And it's like, there's a, a racial on ice incident and you're really bringing up that nobody who came off the bench should defend the player who was the victim of a racial attack. Yeah, sorry. Was you penalized. Could with, you could, yeah, unbelievable. Like, and that, that's really, that's really, that's really what you care about because missing the point you know in in my mind <laughs> that's what you get out of it then you clearly don't have a problem with the racist incident that, I, mean, how could, I mean if you just forgo and go well, what about the guys who came off the bench you clearly aren't bothered by the fact that that happened in the first place yeah like that's for, a sad yeah state. i yeah i i'd be i'd be taking a five game even even on pk just to jump off to jump oh, off sure. the bench you jump off right away and you take care of that crap immediately and whatever. Like it just doesn't, 
it's 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 just wrong and if you don't stand up against it you're willing to allow it to happen 100 percent. and even on pk's twitter timeline you know people were like you know oh what you know blah 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 mr slewfoot and all it's like again you're worried about him slewfooting people which is a dangerous issue but that is a separate and completely secondary tertiary thing compared to the very real, very major issue of two players in two, you know, in, in less than two weeks at an ECHL and an AHL level being the victims of racial abuse. And what's worse, Ray, how many do we not know about? Well, because that's... nobody was recording. And I'm not talking about ECHL and AHL. I'm talking about college. I'm talking about high school. I'm Junior. talking about juniors. It I'm happens. talking about small. I, and you know, like, you know, you might have 10 year olds out there. You know, there are people out there doing and saying things they shouldn't, regardless no of the age. No question. You, you beat me to the punch. That was exactly what I was going to say. They, they caught too. You know damn well that it's happening far more than that. Far, far more than that, that's either not being reported or being called, quote, part of the game where they, I, again, we I lost my temper and, and yeah. said something racial. Does that sound familiar, Hurricanes fans? Oh, geez. I'm, yeah. I'm too competitive that I said something. Yeah. Sorry. Racial. There's, yeah. Not an so, excuse. So, yes. Not, not an excuse. Not acceptable. We're certainly against this we hope we can hope that the punishments for those who are were responsible um to me it like you said earlier just cut them cut them yeah and let them go like be be gone that's what you want my what's it's really interesting the environment that we're in now brad because right now as much as I know, um, that doesn't happen all the time. I kind of fear that it's going to happen on my team. That yeah. one of my guys, right? That one of my guys that I love, that I support, that I whatever is going to do something silly, right? And that's where yeah. that's where we're at. We're no longer we're no longer thinking about how you know necessarily how great the players are which we do all the time we love them we love their effort or whatever but there's that underlying current where you just think you know someone's gonna right someone's gonna what make if? that mistake what if and where are you gonna be and how are you gonna support the team are you gonna support that player what if it's your favorite player what do you do then Right. It's one and, of the it's one of those nervous feelings that you get now in the grand scheme of things. I I, I we don't know these guys. I mean, you know, no. as far as players, we we don't know. We like Svechnikov is my favorite player. He seems like a great kid. I have not seen anything to show me otherwise. Yeah. I I don't know how he feels on things. Nobody for the most part knows how their favorite players feels about things because that's their private life and we're we're not going to typically see that unless it comes out and then it's too late. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, my big thing is in uh, um, the view from center ice podcast. Uh, those ladies are excellent. Uh, I talked to them out on Twitter. 
Um, they have basically the perfect take, which is why is this ECHL guy not just suspended indefinitely and banned from the team? It's not ECH. Not this is not to put down ECHL players. Yeah, but you can replace an ECHL player probably pretty easily because there are thousands and thousands of juniors and college players who could potentially fill that spot. I'm sure you can find one to do it. Yeah, right. This is this should be a non-issue for a team at that level. It's I I don't care if they're your best goal scorer. They're not that good if that's what they're bringing to the team and that's what your team is going to be known for now. You know, it's just, it's not acceptable. Uh, you know, uh, we always go back and forth. You know, uh, last night was a uh, pride night for the Devils. Uh, they had some really beautiful uh, warm-up jerseys. I really would like actually one of those. They were gorgeous. And, and, and people were right. You know, when corporations do that, it's the, the league says hockey is for everyone, but the league doesn't mean it. And my response was, that's true, but we as fans then need to pick up the banner and force the NHL to mean it. You know what I mean? Like it's on us. So um, we just want people to know, you know, I, I, what I said on Twitter was we're just two guys who are trying to be good allies to people. Right. Yeah. And that's whether it's a racial thing, it's an, uh, you know, an LGBTQA thing. If it's regardless, if we can help tell us how, if we can do better, tell us how we're, we're willing to listen. We're willing to help. That's why we're talking about this for like half of this podcast uh, today, yeah. you know, the half of this recording is going to be about this because this is what that, that is more important than beating the devils or the Rangers. Right. I couldn't have said it better. It's, so couldn't have said it better. So I, I just, yeah, I wanted to kind of wrap up with that because I mean, I mean, one, one incident in a season is too many, two incidents in a week is just, it's, 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 it's more appalling than I can put into words. It's, it's atrocious. It's atrocious. And again, that underlying statement that these were just the ones that were caught. And that's what needs to be remembered. The ones that were caught because it's happening. It needs to stop. It just needs to stop. Absolutely. And and teams need to get serious about, you know, I understand that legally they're going to go through and they're going to go through the motions of, well, you know, pending an investigation, blah, blah, blah. But that's all marketing. Take a stand. Right? The the Kyle Beach Chicago Blackhawks oh. press release was a marketing press release that yep. had nothing to do with supporting Kyle Beach. It was purely a cover your butt kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And teams need to get away from that. And we as fans need to get them away from that by putting pressure on them. Write letters, make phone calls, not spend it money, is. not go to games. What what you know, it's there are plenty enough people who are not going to do those things, but you know, we're, we're not going to see empty arenas because of something like this, but could we get a few thousand people to not show up for a game or something? Yeah. I, I think that's tenable. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what, what needs to happen. Again, you're on fire. You're on fire today. I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't add anything to make that better or more poignant. I don't know. I like you telling me I'm right. You're always <laughs> right, man. Aren't you? Aren't you always right? Uh, especially when, especially when it comes to putting the Bruins down. I mean, oh, that that was a, we didn't talk about that. That was fun. I, I, had, that I, was, I had I had warning <laughs> flags flying from the front porch, and I've been I've been wearing a hockey jersey instead of a, a hoodie out pretty much every day. It's well done. It's, uh, Fourteen degrees, and I'm in. I have my my jersey over my hoodie uh, to stay warm, <laughs> just to remind 
my neighbors who won that game. That a boy. Um, so. That a boy. Well done. <laughs> very, very well done indeed. So might get a, a ticked off Canes team on, on Tuesday. One that might might be feeling a little embarrassed about how they played uh, last night. Well, that and then it's goes... the Ottawa, and then a week from yesterday, we get another crack of the Devils. Nice, and you see, and th- that kind of goes back to what we said um, in in the in the last podcast again. Woe beest unto the team that faces the Hurricanes after they've been embarrassed, because they are not going to put that type of effort out two games in a row. So Absolutely Vegas. Not. Knights, we're coming for you. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for y'all, honestly. I, I kind of do. <laughs> Not that bad, but I, I think we've done it, Ray. I, th- I think we've gotten through our, our list. I think we, we hit Breachers, we hit Devils. We talked LaFontaine, we talked about Corsi. We talked about the bigger issue than all of those, which is the two racial incidents in hockey. And, and, and we just, you know, as fans, we have to do something about that. So, yeah. Not really much the only thing to left say. to say is uh, go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.